How are you? I'm doing good. What about you? I'm here chilling, killing it. Um, yeah, I know there's a lot of basketball to be talked about, man. Oof. The bubble, the bubble, been crazy lately. The bubble has WNBA been crazy too. The bubble has been extraordinary for sure. It's been so entertaining. Well, you know, we, we really didn't get to talk um, last week about what was going on. I wanted to actually have time to actually see, you know, some games develop. You know, the season actually just started a couple weeks ago. So, um, we have a lot to really talk about. So, where do you want to start? Um, you want to start with uh, the awards being given out that got um, handed out today in the bubble? Yeah, we can start with that. Um, I just want to say that, man, Damian Lillard has been playing absolutely. I mean, it, it's it's crazy because, you know, it's really to be expected, but I think he's really showed out in the bubble these past couple games. I mean, he, he averaged about, what, 37, 38 points per game. Yeah. Um, He's been he's been really been these past couple games scoring maybe forty to sixty points. Mm-hmm. He was averaging fifty one right. in the last three games. So, um, what, what can you say about that? What do you think about that? I mean, he's been playing unbelievable basketball. Like some of the shots that he's been hitting in the stretch have been like out of this world. Like. The confidence you got to have to shoot some of the shots that he be shooting is is amazing. And with that being said, he was officially named the MVP of the bubble today. So Damian Lillard is the MVP of the bubble. Do you well, agree with that decision? How you feel about it? I most definitely agree. I think um, it goes hand in hand with me because, like I said, it's to be expected for him to play good in general, because some of the shots that he has been making are shots that he has made previously. You know, <laughs> buzzer beat a shot. He's made a lot of three-point range, long, long three-point range shots. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, he was averaging, what, 43% mm-hmm. on three-point. So um, I think for us, we're actually starting to see Dane get a little bit more hungry year after year, season after season. And, you know, the way it looks, 
And I, I don't know, if I'm not mistaken, it was Paul Barkley or was it Stephen A. Smith that was saying that the Trailblazers could be the ones to potentially beat the Lakers. Yeah, Stephen A. Smith said that. And, um, you know, by the looks of it, it's looking like it's pretty much very well possible. Well, I don't want to get that far yet because we're going to make some predictions later on. But I'll say this. The way Dame has been playing, and you got to thank Pat Beverly and Paul George for this because they talked so much crap to that dude that they literally made him become literally the best player in the bubble. Well, you know, this is nothing for Pat Beverly to really talk, <laughs> to really talk junk. He, he, this is kind of his thing, you know, during playoff seasons, year after year, you know, he likes to get hyped and, he basically just likes, you know, to have a little side talk. You know, he does this with LeBron James, too. Um, I think this is just within his personality to be that that kind of player. Um, unfortunately, it's really making Dane, like I said, it's making him more hungry. But I honestly feel like they should always give him that respect only because he's always played of a certain level to me. I don't know. It just feels like it's nothing new. I just feel like year after year he gets better, and he he knows how to take take the lead. I think that's the difference between him being the MVP of the bubble and Luca not being the MVP of the bubble. Because um, I don't know if anybody's been noticing, but Luca's been averaging some triple doubles. Oh yeah, he's averaging triple double: thirty five points, twelve rebounds, eleven assists per game. Right. And keep in mind, I just got into an argument on Facebook over this, like not even thirty minutes ago. It's like this, yeah, this guy. He, I know him, but I'm not gonna like name drop somebody on the podcast, right? But like he keep he kept he kept saying that Luca is being overrated, and people giving him too much respect, and they he felt that Devin Booker or T.J. Warren should have been in this in the discussion for MVP before Luca. I was just like you can't look at Luca's numbers and say that he's being overrated. Well, <clears throat> I think people definitely need to give Luca credit because number one, he is a sophomore averaging triple doubles. And I think we were talking about this on the podcast uh not that long ago when we were talking about Mr. Triple Double and I told you that would be Oscar Robinson for me. And the only person that is compared to the big O would be Russell Westbrook. And mm-hmm. Russell Westbrook probably maybe has 145 triple doubles. And the only person that is probably looking to be the next Mr. Triple Double is Luca. The only difference is Luca hasn't been winning when he averages those points, assists, and rebounds. And you know, they, if I'm not mistaken, they're on a losing streak? Or did they just win the uh, the other day? I mean, but see, he brought, that's the same point that the guy brought up, right? But my thing is, they were in the playoffs safely. They so were. So it's not really like, to them, winning the games wouldn't have done much for them, except p- potentially moving up in a couple of spots. But I feel that even with them losing games in the bubble, they were already in the playoffs to begin with. I think what I can say about that is 
that I can agree with him and then I can disagree with him. I can agree, you know, that, you know, they were already basically had their spot um, within, you know, getting into the playoffs and actually being, what seed are they? They're the seven. They're the seven seed. So, you know, the only thing about it is when you're comparing him and talking about the MVP of the bubble and Damian Lillard being the MVP over him is because Dame has been averaging a lot of points, but he still wins those games. At the end of the day, I don't know what seed they were, but they probably would have clinched. You know, they they probably would have made it into the playoffs too. But when we're talking well, about Dame, the, Dame, they clinched the eight seed today. So they clinched eight. Yep. So you know, they really at the same time had something to prove. But then again, when have we not seen Damian Lillard do this? We've seen him do this before, before the bubble, COVID-19, everything that's been going on. When they actually are trying to get into the playoffs, Damian's always known for averaging, because his three-point percentage has always been pretty decent. Um, And as far as, like, game-winning shots goes, this is nothing that we haven't seen before. But like I said, when it's time to clinch the game and it's time to make sure that we have this game won, he knows how to – he basically knows how to close out a game. Now, I'm not saying Luka doesn't, but he still has a lot to learn. Keep in mind, what this is Daniel Lillard's, what, seventh, eighth season? Something like that, yeah. So, you know, Luca still has a lot to learn. So, who knows what type of player he's really going to develop into. This is only his second season. Um, but, you know, as far as Luca and TJ Warren and um, Devin, Devin Booker. Booker, you know, Devin Booker's what he averaged, what, 33, 34, 30 Something points? Like mm-hmm. you know, so, you know, he almost had double numbers himself. Um, but, you know, it, it's kind of hard to say because it could have been, I don't think he would have had that over Damian Lillard. It was, it was so much that was going on. Of course, if I'm not mistaken, they're eight and oh, they're eight and oh, but on their way home. So right. that's the thing. Yes. No. That's difference. So I guess that's what puts him behind Dane and Luca. Um, so, you know, and speaking of the Phoenix Suns, their coach was named Coach of the Year for the bubble. Yeah, Monty Williams. Which I feel like he definitely deserves. I don't know if anybody knows too much about him, but he did play 11 seasons in the NBA. If I'm not mistaken, he did play for the Knicks, and he played for the Spurs. Everybody knows Monty Williams. He coached uh, New Orleans for a bit, too. Everybody might not know cuz I'm just <laughs> everybody should know Monty Williams. He's been he's been coaching in the NBA for some years now. Um uh, he's one of those guys that he's been given like these like project teams to kind of try to help build up, but he always right. gets like let go from these jobs without being able to fulfill his purpose being there. Right? right. So him in Phoenix was kind of like a good fit because they got an established player that's going to be a star for the next 
10, 15 years in Devin Booker. And now they're just building around him. And I think with them being in the bubble and going 8-0, I think they found something that works and that they can take forward with them going forward to next season. So I'm really happy for those guys. And I mean, I'm not, t- I don't want to take anything away from Devin Booker or TJ Warren, but it's just to me, the numbers that Luca and Dane put up were just astronomical compared to everybody else's. And remember, Russell Westbrook won an MVP mainly because he averaged a triple double one year when James Harden probably should have been the MVP. Right. Absolutely. I, I definitely agree. Um, I also wanted to talk about um, the Pelican coach getting fired. So what do you think about mm. that? Um, Alvin Gentry has coached in the NBA for numerous, numerous, numerous years. He has right. coached Team USA as an assistant for numerous years. The way he handled Zion Williamson in the bubble was downright embarrassing. And <laughs> somebody that somebody that you're getting paid millions of dollars to coach basketball and to strategize, if they tell you Zion is limited to 15 to 20 minutes a night and you can't find a way to have him in in the fourth quarter to close out games, you don't know how to manage those minutes like that, then you need to be fired. You don't need to be coaching in the NBA. I think for me – what I was actually noticing was the fact you're absolutely right. Him and how he was handling Zion was just poor. But the fact that his plus or minus was negative, I can't remember. It was at 15, negative 5. And I'm just curious as to why he's playing his shooting percentage is so bad. Um, I don't know. For me, I, I, I kind of like you said, the way that he was supposed to, as far as far as a coach, when you have a star player like Zion, you're supposed to know how to use him productively. Mm-hmm. And I felt like he was kind of sort of making him look more bad than good. Well, a lot of it was Zion doesn't have the necessary NBA skill set yet, right? So, mm-hmm. like a lot of, they don't run offense through Zion a lot. If it, they run offense for Zion, it's going to be a quick post up or a lob. That's it. That's all you're getting for him, right? Opposed mm-hmm. to opposed to Brandon Ingram or, um, well, really Brandon Ingram's their their guy right now. Drew Holiday, of course. But when they tell you you got 15 to 20 minutes to use this guy, and you can't come up with nothing better than what he did. That's that's the most egregious thing to me. And then really right. with that minutes restriction, it's hard to get a flow going. Because by the time you bust a good sweat, you're coming out the game. And so yeah, you it, do have a- it's just weird the way that they handled the whole situation. I don't know. Like you said, I really probably just feel like they need a better coach. You know, um, I mean, he's been there five years. Um, so that means he had Anthony Davis there as well and and only made the playoffs once. Right. And so, I mean, it was just time. Because you, you can't be in the NBA and not manage minutes better than that. 
Oh no, I I just I'm actually more curious to know who they are going to replace him with. My all, my, my number one go to for this type of a team, and I know that he's blackballed at the NBA, but I feel that Mark Jackson is the best candidate for the job. Mark Jackson is the best candidate for any NBA job that comes up, in my opinion. And why would you say that? Because he built the Golden State legacy, and then Steve Kerr piggybacked off of it for four years. You have a point. (laughs) point. I mean, he won 50 (laughs) games with the Warriors (laughs) the year before. The year he got fired, by the way. We can really never say anything bad about Steve Kerr. Of course, you do have a definite point there. But, you know, Steve Kerr is Steve Kerr. So, you know, we really can't say that he still isn't a decent coach himself. But he most definitely did piggyback off of him. Yes. So, Mark Jackson goes to an organization that's probably going to fit him a little bit better. Right. And you got Zion, Brandon Ingram, and Lonzo Ball. And that's your young core to build on to build around. And he just te- if he teach those guys to play defense, like he taught Golden State to play defense, and Zion develops his game, and Brandon Ingram keeps going the way he's going, that could be something special. Right. Um. So why don't we talk about the playoff predictions? Um, you know, for the um, Eastern Conference, of course, the Bucks are first. Um, let's if I'm not mistaken, let's just go the... first round. All right. We'll you, said, you said what? We're gonna just predict like the first round matchups, okay? All right. Yeah. So, I would well, I was saying that you know, as far as the standings go, Milwaukee, of course, is top of the East. Mm-hmm. West is the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm not mistaken, we just had a game that was just played a few minutes ago: the Grizzlies and the Trailblazers. Um. So, what are your predictions? Of course, I, I'm gonna go with the Trailblazers. So we're gonna do. We can start with the West Conference first. Yeah, let's go ahead. All right. So Western Conference, the Lakers. And the Trailblazers first round. You said Blazers. Well, you know the Blazers played the Grizzlies, so they. I, I feel like you know, of course, the Blazers are going to knock off the Grizzlies. Then it's going to be the Lakers and the uh, Trailblazers. Then the Clippers and Dallas. So who do you have for that game? All right. So I feel that. Hmm. That's gonna be I'm gonna a, pick a, I'm gonna pick LA. I'm gonna pick the Lakers to beat the Blazers. Mm. You know, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a great matchup. The only thing I can say when we talk about the Lakers is LeBron James. You know, but I'm expecting Damian Lillard to play at his best. If he can if he can actually score those type of numbers. I'm just curious to see what type of numbers he can score versus the Lakers. Because um, I think he's going to have to play a little bit harder. I think a lot of times people – I really want to see how C.J. McCollum is going to play. 
because he's played alongside Lillard for years. I think people sometimes forget, you know, he's he's actually a pretty good player himself. Oh, he he played very well today. Um, but, um, they're gonna need, uh, need help. They're gonna need they're gonna need just more than Damian Lillard to win the series, though. Well, I, they've been they've been getting more than just Damian Lillard. Their role players are, have played amazing basketball, and that's what's gonna make it tough on the Lakers because the Lakers doesn't have as deep of a bench as the Blazers have. The Blazers yeah. can go out there with with. I say they can play nine, nine, ten guys deep. Where the Lakers, they start to struggle at about seven players deep. Right now, I think, I think the key person for this series is going to be Carmelo Anthony. It's going to definitely Absolutely. be Melo. Absolutely, because he's actually been averaging pretty well. And you know, people was talking about how you know nobody really wanted to pick him up because he was aging. You know, he had a lot of stuff going on outside of basketball, so his um. His basically how he looked, you know, as far as to the public, wasn't really on the good side. So, you know, he was going through a rough time, and the Trailblazers picked him up and playing around a solid team because the Damian Lillard, C.J. McCollum, they've always played really well together. Um, do they still have um Luke? No, not 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 Luke. Who am I thinking about? Because I'm trying to remember. It was a person that they had on their team. They might not have him anymore. But I know a couple seasons ago, they had a, a pretty decent team. And they made the playoffs. They didn't get too far into the playoffs. But they never really had to have star-star players in order to make the playoffs. That was the difference. And now that they have an actual team that they built strong enough and they've added a key player like Melo, who's a veteran player that can actually that actually knows how to play against LeBron James. I think that's the key. Um, of course they do have Anthony Davis, but I feel like they could stop the Lakers. I'm gonna be honest. It's gonna it's gonna how be how many a good games? In order for <laughs> the thing about it is, okay, if I say the Trailblazers win, they they they'll play seven games, <laughs> most definitely. I got the, I got the Lakers in six. Mm. All right, so go to the next matchup. So the Clippers in the match. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. In the match. You go first. I'm going to go with the Clips, man. You know, we can't forget they have Paul George and Kawhi. Um, Luka, he, he's a good player. They do have a lot of more key players other than Luka, but like I said, he's been known to average triple doubles and not win a game. And in a playoff run in a series, you're you're not going to be able to to do that. I'm also going with the Clippers. Um, I think the reason my main reason for going with the Clippers is because Kawhi Leonard, Kawhi Leonard is going to guard Luka Doncic. 
And I think that's going to be a game changer. So I got the Clippers in five games. Um, I can agree with that. I can agree with Clips in five. I'm not, I'll say in six. I'll say in six. You think the Mavs can win two games? Ew. I think one game, Luke is going to go off. He's going to carry the team for that one game. The second game, the whole team might play, you know, pretty solid. That'll give okay. two games. Yeah. Sounds, that sounds good to me. All right. Next, we have the Nuggets and the Jazz. That might be the most entertaining. Well, that's going to be the most competitive series, I believe, in the first round. Right. In, in the West, in the first round. I'm going to go with the Nuggets. I'm going to go with the Nuggets. And I'm going to go with the Nuggets in six. Ooh. I'm going to go with the Nuggets in six. I'm going to go Jazz in seven. Um, I think that Rudy Gobert, once again, is probably going to be def- defensive player of the year. And then I just love Donovan Mitchell and his game. And Quinn Snyder has been coaching his butt off once again with this Jazz team. So I've got the Jazz winning this one in seven. A good close seven games. Hard fault. All seven games probably going to come down to like the last three minutes of the game. Yeah, man. Uh, I'm going to go with the Nuggets, man. You know, Rudy, Rudy's a very good defensive player. Of course, Jokic, man. Against Rudy, I'm going to have to go. I'm going to have to go with the Nuggets, man. He, he's had a pretty a pretty good season. Jokic is one of my favorite players in the NBA. All my favorite players are the foreign guys right now. Except for Dane, of course. But... Most of my favorite players in the league right now are all foreign. Luka, Jokic, and uh, Giannis sometimes. But Giannis, I don't really like Giannis' game too much right now. But he's when he's dominant, he's very special to watch. He most definitely is. What's the next okay. matchup? So, the Rockets and the Thunder. Oh, Rockets and four. Yeah. <laughs> My words exactly. <laughs> exactly I, lo- I love Chris Paul to death, but sorry. I got the Rockets in four. You um, know, what what can we really not say about Chris Paul? He will always be a solid point guard. Um, he does have a lot of young players. I think as far as that team goes, he would just be the floor general and basically he making the the Thunder team build because, um, you know, they have a lot of young players that surround Chris Paul. So I feel like he's really just out there to make them a better team. Um, and he's definitely somebody to learn from. He is a veteran. Um, so I think as far as playing against Russ and James Harden, you know, that's going to be hard to do by himself. Because I don't, I don't really – I don't there's really nobody to be honest I can name that can actually be able to besides Chris Paul to be able to hold the team together in order to go six or seven games with the Rockets to outscore. That's the whole point. Yeah. Like with the Rockets, you, you have to outscore them. Right. And if you can't outscore, because like 
they're they're not gonna play a lot of defense. The Rockets just aren't because they're just gonna rely on scoring the ball so much against you, right? So I right. just don't see anybody. I don't see the Thunder competing on that level. Like when the Rockets put up a hundred and forty and won a game, it was just like, geez. I think my team, like no no team in the NBA is gonna do that. And then you see them win a close game where they only scored like eighty something points in the game. It's just like, well, what can you do with that? Like, you want to hold them to under a hundred, but they still win. So the Rockets, that's that's gonna be something to watch. But I, I really do think that they're gonna beat the Thunder in four. I think at the uh, at the same time, you know, that's always the Rockies' downfall when it comes to thinking that they can outscore the other team but play no de- no defense. Uh, so they might be able to – I'm pretty sure they will be able to beat the Thunder doing that. Of course, later on it's going to be an issue. Right. Um, so who do we have next? Should be going over to the west now. I mean, to the east now, right? Mm-hmm. So – we have – hold on, give me a second. All right, so next we have the Bucks and the Magic. Uh, Bucks and four. I agree. <laughs> um, <laughs> the East honest, isn't going to be as entertaining as the West. Right. I mean, a lot of these games, a lot of these matchups are just not going to be entertaining. I mean, I don't even know what kind of commentary to even give that outside. The Bucks are just the better team. <laughs> Pretty much. Now, we, we can't leave my Celtics out now. We, we can't leave the Boston Celtics out. But, of course, I honestly believe that it will be the Bucks versus the Celtics. Um, stop! Stop! But, stop! Predicting so far ahead. Just predict the matchups. We'll <laughs> get there. <laughs> I'm just saying because I know this is how this is going to end up. I'm just going to say Bucks versus Celtics, but I do have the Bucks in four. Um, Raptors versus the Nets. I have the Raptors in six. I got Raptors in five. The Raptors, man, they might steal this thing. I don't know. They might steal this thing. They've been playing some really good basketball. They have. They have. But, of course, you would have to beat the Celtics. Can't forget about the Sixers. So the Celtics. We about to talk about your Celtics in a little in a couple seconds. <laughs> We're going to talk about them now. Celtics versus Sixers. I have the Celtics in five. Celtics in six. But a lot of that's going to be based off of how consistently do they run their offense. Right. If they can't run fluid offense, then it might it might end up having those seven games. But I got Celtics in six, especially with no and, – and then also no Ben Simmons, but Joel and Blue is enough. <laughs> I have us in five though. So the Pacers versus the Heat. That's gonna be I have the Heat 
and six. I don't know, man. I might go with the Pacers and six. Okay. I mean, TJ Warren has been playing spectacular basketball for sure. Most definitely. Most definitely. In some people's eyes, he's the MVP of the bubble. Yeah, I mean he he's been playing that that good of basketball. Um, he's been averaging some pretty good numbers too. Um, but. You know, I, I still wouldn't put him over how how good, how well Damian Lillard has been playing over these past couple games. Um, he definitely took off, yeah. most definitely. Um. Okay, so why don't we take some time to talk about the WNBA? Okay. So, there's a lot of women that that kind of started standing out to me um i feel like well first off i'm gonna ask you who is the better team that's been playing right now it was funny because the last time we had this podcast i told you the sparks i said but if there was anybody that was going to contend with the sparks it would be the seattle storm and then not not even two hours after we finished the podcast the seattle storm (laughs) beat the Sparks and beat them pretty handedly at that. So the Seattle Storm right now is the best team in the WNBA. And, I mean, they just got a fantastic one-two punch with Sue Bird and Brianna Stewart. Um, you know, Nadia, who is my best player, she moved in on to college yesterday. She moved on to college yesterday. And, she, and we were texting a little bit. I was just trying to see how she was doing. And she asked me who do I think the MVP of the WNBA was, and Brianna Stewart was the first person I named. Hmm. But so yeah, I, uh, I think the Seattle Storm right now is the class of the WNBA. The Mystics have been doing pretty good too. Um, the Atlantic Dream, I've been looking at them a lot. Um, they they're they have a woman. Laney, if I'm not mistaken, she's she's a six foot, very versatile defensive player, but she plays off the bench, um, and she's really been she's really been doing her thing. She actually has been um, tied for tenth in the league for points per game, um, so she's been very efficient lately. Maybe foot almost fifty percent from the field. Um, what forty five? I mean, five percent, maybe fifty percent from three. But um, she's really been a good player in the WNBA bubble. Um, it, it's really a lot of players that have been standing out. Um, I think every team has at least one person as far as the WNBA goes that kind of sort of stands out to me. Um, what do you think about I think if I'm not mistaken she plays for the LA Sparks Raquina Williams. Mm. By the way I don't even know if um, Taraj is going to be playing um, tomorrow's game. Because you know she um she's actually hurt 
and they are supposed to be playing versus Dallas, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Taraz, um, that's a lot of what we've been seeing in the bubble lately has been a lot of injuries and a lot of, like, season-ending type injuries. I know. That's, well, you know, that's kind of concerning. Well, you have to understand that, I guess, when it comes to women's basketball over men's basketball, women's bodies aren't really built the same way. You understand what I'm saying? So a lot of women has, you know, had children and, you know, they come off of basically pregnancies, trying to rebuild their body to withstand being able to run up and down the court and play basketball. But you have to understand, like I said, a woman's body isn't really built the same way as a guy's is, you know. So, I'm not saying that the bone structure is really kind of different. It's more easier for me personally, I think, for women to get injured quickly than guys. I think it's all when it comes to guys and and getting injured in basketball, I think guys make a whole bunch of more moves, especially when it comes to footwork. Um, so, you know, but I, I think, but yeah, I think Quentin Williams, she's been playing pretty well. Um, to me, this with the sparks right now, I I want to see more from Candace. Yeah, um, we haven't really been seeing too much from her lately. Um, playing. As good as I know that she can, so she kind of, um, she kind of. I don't, I don't know. It's just something about her game right now that doesn't sit very well with me. I want to see, I want to see vintage Candace Parker. Well, I don't know. Like I said, it just seems like you know, once a woman's body starts going through certain things, they don't really necessarily play like they once did, you know? So, um, Sue Bird has actually been playing pretty good. I told you. I've been telling you. She's been been outstanding. If the the playoffs were today in the WNBA, I probably would take the Seattle Storm. And I know, um, I was looking at, um, it was like a little, uh, not necessarily a document, but like a more of an interview that uh, Bria Holmes was talking about when I was just speaking on how a woman's body isn't really the same. And she was basically speaking on um, parenting and playing basketball at the same time. And that could really be um, body draining. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, um, you you see that most definitely in a lot of players. <clears throat> um, but who's some other players that stood out that's been standing out to you? So you said Raquel Williams, you said Sue Bird. Who else been standing out to you? Um, let's see, if I'm not mistaken, she plays for the Atlanta Dream. I think her name is Asia. No, that's Las that's the Las Vegas Aces. Oh, that's Asia, Asia, Asia yes. Wilson. Yes, Lord. Asia Wilson is the MVP for me right now. 
of the um, she's one she's in the running. It's between her and Brianna Stewart for me. She's actually averaging points per game. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, maybe what 25, 26. But she's very versatile. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's just like when I started watching her play because you know I'm actually more. When when it comes to talking about basketball, we always talk about the guys. Right. So still taking my time to learn the girls a little bit more than I know the guys. But she most definitely stands out. Um She's averaging twenty a game this year. Twenty? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's she's been playing pretty good. Um and for the aces. For the Aces to be sitting in third place right now without having Liz Cambage, that's huge. And that's a lot it has a lot to do with Asia. She's been she's played very well for them. Like it shows when Liz ain't around or if she was on another team, she would dominate. Most definitely. Uh well, why don't we talk about well, actually Sabrina, she's out, so we can't really talk about her on SQ. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, if she was actually playing, we'd probably have a lot to say about her, too, because she's, man, she's amazing. I think ever since you shown me her highlights, um, well, you know, that was probably one of Kobe's favorite players. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a, a really good player. Now, uh, here's another rookie that a lot of people haven't been talking about was two rookies, um, Kennedy Carter. I think she plays for the Atlanta Dream, right? I believe so. I think she's and... out for two. I think she has an ankle injury, though, but she she's a beast, man. She's a beast. But, yes, Kennedy Carter, she's amazing. Um. Probably, probably gonna win rookie of the year. Um, but also Ty Harris for the Dallas Wings. I haven't had a chance to see her play. Um, she comes off the bench right now for the Dallas Wings, but when she comes in, she's been very effective. And um, one thing that Nadia and I both talked about yesterday when I talked to her a little bit, um, I talked. We were talking about like how the rookie, how she she said the rookies have been impressing her, and I always I brought up the point. I said, "Well, y'all think about it. The rookies in the WNBA is different from the rookies in the NBA. The rookies in WNBA probably played college basketball for three or four years, at least three years, right? Opposed to the mm-hmm. to the NBA where you got a nineteen year old kid coming into a grown man's league." <laughs> yeah, you have a point there. And I said, so they make the transition a little bit faster than NBA rookies do. They do. They do. Um, what do you think about um, Angel McCautry? I think she plays for Vegas, right? Yeah, she plays for Vegas now. Um, the, thing about Angel, the thing about Angel for me is just her game. She, I know she's a great player. Right, she's a mm-hmm. phenomenal player. It's just 
I can't really get into her game like that. She doesn't do she doesn't wow me a lot, right? But that's a knock mm-hmm. on a lot of a lot of players in, in any NBA, in any basketball league, really. But she she just doesn't wow me. She she gets her job. She does she goes to a game. She does her job. She goes home. Like there's nothing flashy about her. Um, she's gonna be a, a great defender. She's gonna hit open shots. I mean, that's just the extent of her game for me. And I think she's a good fit for Vegas because Vegas needed a more perimeter type style, a perimeter type style score. Um. Because, like, a lot of their offense is based off of Asia Wilson. And when Liz Cambage is there, Liz Cambage, of course. But uh, I felt I feel she's a good fit for that particular team. I can definitely agree on that. I think she's a great fit for them. She, um, she, she doesn't really have any – like you said, she's not one of those exciting type of players to watch. Mm-hmm. But – when she needs to be productive, she most definitely is. Mm-hmm. I think she just came off a 20-point game, um, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so, what do you think about Maya Moore? Um, she's prop- when, Whenever she returns to play in the WNBA, she's probably going to rack up another four or five championships. Um, because I know she's going through a lot right now. Um, uh, I think she has some type of case that she's dealing with. She well, has a lot she's, of things she's she's been doing a lot of criminal criminal justice reform type stuff. This mm-hmm. this is her second straight year not playing because she spent all of last season um, trying to get this guy out of prison who was serving a ridiculously long prison sentence. After he was mm-hmm. found, like after evidence was proving him innocent, he still had he still he was still serving time. And so she spent all of last year trying to get him out, and now she's working on getting other type of social reforms done. So that's why she's not playing right now, which is something different because like she's gotten four championships. She has four championships in WNBA, and she's taken the last two years off. Talking about the product, so we'll speak on champions. <laughs> it's not her, but um, you know, of course, I really admire her for that because um, you know, everything isn't necessarily always about what's on the court. Sometimes, you know, things that you do off the court, you know, it really builds character. So I know that she'll be able to come back to Minnesota, um, and basically play. Well, you know, like she's never left. So, like I said, I really admire her for, you know, the work that she does when she's not on the court. You don't know too many people that that actually that actually does stuff for the black community um, outside of sports. Right. So, what do you think about Brittany Grinder? How she's been playing lately? Brittany Grinder to me has not even came close to what I think she should be as a WNBA player. Um I I get that when she was in college, like she was the biggest player in the league and it was nobody close to her size. Then you get to the WNBA and you got 
Liz Cambage standing right there, just as tall as you, but but also a lot heavier than you as well. Like so, I understand that's a big difference, you know, from the cause of the WNBA. But I just expected more from her. I expected her to be dominant in the WNBA, and she has not done that for me. I can most definitely agree. From the person that we've known her to be throughout the years and how she's been playing lately, it's kind of sloppy and kind of poor to me. And that Mercury team, to me, just hasn't been just playing well either. I can most definitely agree on that. Um, we haven't really talked about Brianna Stewart. So why don't we, you know, talk about her? How do you think she's been playing? Like I said, I think she's the MVP of the league. Um, she can score from all three levels. And she has the greatest point guard of all time in WBA history, giving her the ball. I mean, what else can you say about her? She's she's a bucket getter, and she's going to rebound the basketball, and she plays pretty decently on defense. And to me, she's been the best player so far this season in the WNBA. I agree. I most definitely agree. Um, there's a lot of players that have came from UConn that really have shown out in the what do we call it? The wobble. <laughs> they call yeah, it the, the wobble. <laughs> so um, she's definitely top of the list, man. She probably MVP, like you said, of the of the wobble. Um, so who we're gonna talk about the NBA and the WNBA. Um, if you don't have anything to add before we we close this out, we're basically going to we're gonna give who our champion. We're gonna do the Western Conference and Eastern Conference. Who's gonna win the championship for the NBA? And we're gonna do the same thing for the WNBA. Um, I did want to, to talk about one particular subject. Okay. Because I don't think did we touch on the aerial powers and uh Oh thing? We didn't, but before we talk about that, we didn't get a chance to talk about Lou Williams. I just thought about that. Because I know we was talking about it on the last podcast, um, that we were gonna discuss Lou. <laughs> oh, Lou Williams. Okay, so Lou Williams left the bubble for a family emergency. Um, I I think from what I've read, he actually did go to a funeral. But before he went back to the bubble, he made a stop to get some wings at Magic City Strip Club. <laughs> right. Um. So, I mean, I think well, it was irresponsible of him to... I think- what was irresponsible about that was the fact that number one, you knew that you were supposed to be inside the bubble playing. You said that you know you had a previous engagement that you had to attend. So I think for me, where it kind of made him look really bad is to post a picture on Instagram of you being at the Atlanta Strip Club. Well, he didn't post it himself. Somebody else took the picture and posted it. Well, I think it was a it was a rapper or a photography of a rapper or someone like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, regardless of whether he put it up or someone else did, you're a celebrity. Therefore, you, you're an athlete. You know how this goes. Someone sees you, they're gonna take a picture, they're gonna post it, and you're basically you're gonna be out in the public. 
that's how all this is really nothing new to Lou. So um, that's why I said on his behalf, I feel like he really shouldn't have been at Magic City, especially after you said you were going to a funeral. <laughs> I guess he did stop to get some wings or, you know, I, I don't know. I don't really know what to say about Lou at this point, but I think he's quarantining for, if I'm not mistaken, 10 days. Yeah, he had to quarantine for 10 days. Um. So, I mean... You know, Lou was averaging, he wasn't averaging pretty bad points, maybe almost 20 points. Um, I think they did. He's a huge part of that team. He is. He's a huge piece of that team. Which is why it kind of made him look bad. Well, also, you know, the NBA has had zero positive tests in the bubble. Right. So, him going to the strip club with people that we don't know where they've been and all that type stuff, right? Right. It would it doesn't make sense for you to potentially bring back the virus think, and put it in the bubble. I think they've worked so hard to keep playing. I think that's what makes it so much more dramatic. It's the fact that okay, we were just talking about any other season and you know this everything that's been going on COVID-19 didn't exist, then you just so happen to, you know, skip a game. You say you were going to a funeral. You just so happen to go to Magic City. All right, somebody posted a picture on Instagram. Oh, okay, yeah, lose at Magic City. But you're in a bubble. We we're telling you not to really go anywhere outside of where you're supposed to go. You say that you have to go somewhere, and then you stop somewhere around some people that you don't know have been tested or not, that you don't know if they have the virus or not, to stop and get some wings. In a in a condensed area at that. At the strip club at that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I think, like I said, I think that's what makes it a little bit more uh, dramatic. But, Absolutely, because um... that's just that's just not something that, you know, that should have happened. It shouldn't have happened. Right. Um, Back to what we were going to speak on about Andre Eagle Dollar because I already know what you're talking about. So basically, um, Andre Eagle Dollar and a basketball player, um, she actually wears what, what number is it? I forget. I think it was like 23 or something like that. I don't, I don't forgot. Yeah, basically, he had some comments about. Her basically being a poor basketball player. Basically, she sucked. The, the the numbers. How do you feel about him going public, saying something, especially being that all of y'all are athletes? You know, they're all. Wait, 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 wait. He didn't say she sucked. He said that she was. He said that she was good, but she took offense to him saying, "Oh, number twenty three." Is good, and, and so, and then somebody photoshopped <laughs> him saying, "Then no, somebody photoshopped him saying because he I checked his I checked his uh, Twitter to make sure because I was just like that ain't something Iggy would do, and so I I checked his Twitter and he did not put that um, number twenty three suck. Um, somebody photoshopped that. Oh yeah, yeah. 
But the whole thing was she took offense to him saying that number 23 was good. Well, you know, I think each and every player has their own character. And when we're talking about, that's just like you being a coach. You know, you might have the character of a humble coach, a humble basketball coach, but your ego inside of your mind, I'm the best. You know, that's that's what makes that's what makes you are who you are. You know what I mean? You know who you are, but you never know how you portray yourself inside, inside of your mind. So I'm guessing, you know, when he says that, she expected a little bit more enthusiasm or a little bit more respect. No, the thing about it was she expected him to say her name. That was the whole point. But that's he didn't what say her name. I was around the ego part. You understand what I'm saying? It's just like, okay, you think you're Andre. We're talking about Andre Iguodala at that. We're not just talking about a rookie player. We're talking about somebody that's won a championship, That that's a veteran player, probably be a Hall of Famer one day, and you don't really put no respect on my name. That's nothing different from how they were treating Damian Lillard. I don't think you can draw a correlation there. Um... My thing was, I'll just like be happy that he said anything about you at all. Yeah, see, you can't be that way though. You can't. That that goes like I said. It kind of goes hand in hand with with how they were speaking on Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard has a name for himself. So the difference is between him and her. He probably has a better name for himself. But Paul George and Pat were basically speaking on him as if he was just a regular player, you know. So he comes out, he scores what? What was it, 61, then 50-something, then 42? You know what I mean? Like, you know, put some respect on my name. So that's no different than Pat Beverly. What what has Pat Beverly done? Nothing. Well, I kind of want to, if we're talking about women, I kind of want to just keep it on the women. Because you know how people get these days. Well, you know, that is true, but at the same time, you can't really, that's like being, that, that's like, you, you can't really compare, it's like, it's the same thing, they play basketball just like guys do, so for Andre Iguodala to basically make it seem like she's not really known for anything because she's a female, and nobody really watches female. If he athletes. didn't know her name, but my thing, if he didn't know her name, he didn't know her name. That ain't something to hey. get upset about. So did he know her name? <laughs> he didn't know he didn't know her name. That's why he said number 23. That's a problem. <laughs> How's that a problem? I didn't know her name either. And I watch more WNBA than probably all the NBA players combined. Yeah, that may be true, but I guess because you're an athlete. Okay, all right, I'll put it to you like this. So I guess for her, she felt some type of way as a a basketball player, just like he is. You know, I don't think it was the fact of it being that, oh, he thinks he's better, but the fact that, you know, I, I know who you are. You don't know who I am? You don't think that's the issue being that y'all support, supposedly supposed to support women basketball just like they're supposed to, you know, support guys. 
So I'm pretty sure she knew who he was, but that kind of killed her confidence within, not within herself, but how she's looked upon because, you know, you you don't really know who I am. That's like a, like I said, it's an ego thing. I just don't see it. I just don't see it like that. I really, I, I really don't see the issue with it. I did, I didn't see. It. I was like, oh, like that's just like if, all right, it would have been egregious, right? Let's say it was Maya Moore. Oh, number twenty three for the Minnesota Lynx uh, is is like is good, right? He knows who Maya Moore is, though. Yeah, because she has four championships. And won two championships in in college, and won three out of four state championships in high school. Exactly. So, like I said, I guess for me, I can understand because I can see I can see both sides. I can understand where you're coming from because you're basically saying what difference does it make? It's not really a big deal as long as you know who you are, and he really didn't know your name. You're not really. And you keep hooping, you keep hooping and getting better, and I promise everybody will know your name. Exactly. That's how you're looking at it. But I'm looking at it as a point of view. Well, like I said, I can understand where you're coming from, but I can understand her being her and her being the individual basketball player that you're speaking upon. It was an ego thing for her. You know what I mean? Like, it's basically like I'm a nobody. <laughs> no one knows who I am. You know, for well, her. <laughs> I will say this. It's just it's just one of those things where I just feel that it you're trying to get more eyes on your game. Right. You're playing on the Washington Mystics. Okay. And your best player on the Washington Mystics is Elena Deladon and she's not there. And my well no my plays Minnesota, my bad. Yeah. Elena Del Don is the reigning final WNBA Finals MVP, right? Mm-hmm. She's not there because of the COVID nineteen stuff. So you're getting the chance to actually showcase yourself a little bit more, because if Elena Del Don is there, nobody is tweeting about you, anyways. You do have a you have a point. Like I said, it's. I guess, like I said, for me, the only thing that I can see coming out of this situation is basically her being the basketball player and having an ego to where she feels like she's a solid player. She might not have the, the numbers, any championships. By the way... She got, she, she got one championship. So the girl that he was speaking on has a championship. Yes, but she wasn't like... Elena Deladon got the MVP. Like, Elena Deladon is the is the star of that team. It's not like we're talking about a star player in the league. Is what is what is what is my point. We're not talking about a star player in the league. But listen though, listen though, that's understandable. But how is that any different from the Lakers or the Bulls winning the championship and somebody? That's like that's like talking about the Bulls and nobody knows who Steve Curry is. That's like he hit a game winning shot. That's like right. So wait, wait. You brought the Bulls, right? Right. You brought the Bulls. Name somebody. Not let's talk about the guys that are on the Bulls team. Name every Bulls player on the '96 Bulls championship team. Name all of them. Off top of your head. Off top of your head. Name them all. Michael Jordan, Scotty, 
Dennis Rodman. Wasn't she put on that team? Yeah. Was um Jerry Sloan on the team? Who? Jerry Sloan. Sloan? I don't I doubt it. No. No. Off the top of the head, that's who I who was Cart Cartwright one on the team, wasn't he? Who? Cartwright. I I I don't Nah, he was gone. He was in the fur he was in the first three people. If I'm gonna talk about the Bulls, those are the three people that I'm gonna name right off the bat. I'm not. Well, if I'm gonna talk about the Mystics, I'm talking about Atlanta Deladon. That's like talking about the Lakers and not talking about and nobody knows who Horace Grant is. Horace Grant got multiple rings, and he what? was a productive player. He was a he was a big part of the Lakers winning the championship. He was. But there was a lot of other people before him. That's just like talking about one year that he might not have been. He might not have been as explosive as he was in another year. But you still know who Horace Grant is. I can name that whole starting five. I'm not talking about. All right. All right. So let's name. That's like talking about the Pistons and not knowing who. That's like not knowing who Rasheed Wallace is. He was a starter. Yeah, but he's a <laughs> he's a name. Rasheed Wallace so, has a brand. He's just as important though as everybody else. That's the point I'm trying to make. She's won the championship, but she's just as important on the team as anybody else. Just like that year that um Steph Curry and then won. And what was that rookie's name from Carolina that won that ring with him that probably didn't even play? Was it McAdoo? But we know who McAdoo is, correct? Yeah, because he played at Carolina in college. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So, okay. We're going to talk. <laughs> <laughs> okay. First off, like, you're, you're talking about, you're talking about, like, okay, in Andre Iguodala's world, Yes, like I I get it. Yeah, okay, whatever. Blah. Find out the girl's name, but I'm just saying you can't be mad that he don't know your name. Like I'm not upset that he don't. If he didn't know Candace Parker's name, if he didn't know like one of those players' names, then we jump on him because you should know those names. So okay, you during- she's still building her name. That's my point. Because everybody that you name, like we know who these people are, they built their name already. Over she time. has to continue to build her name, is my point. Right. Over time, they built their name. But if we were speaking on them at the time of them building their name or before they built the name, how would that be any different? So now later on, let's just say she wins another championship and she just so happens to score, what, 30, 40 points that game. She won't score that much. She's on the, but I'm first saying. of all, first of all, that team is absolutely horrid right now without Orlando Deladon. So she won't get that opportunity because Orlando will be scoring the 30 to 40, 50, 70 points a game. Like that's just point place. That's just point blank period. But oh. I mean, if she wins another championship and she's a productive piece of it, let's say she's one of the top three scorers on the team for that in that champion and in, in another championship. So she wasn't the top three three scores I'm of saying, the championship she won. She she very well could have been, 
but it was overshadowed by the presence of the superstar. But how is that any different than any other team we just named and someone shadowing? Because you're talking about somebody, you're talking about guys that had already built up a reputation before getting to those teams. We're talking about somebody that's kind of, that's trying to build up a reputation as we're talking of it right now. Like Horace Grant was already, he had been a part of the Lakers team. I mean, of the Bulls teams. He was a part of the Orlando Magic teams. Then he went to the LA Lakers. So he's, everywhere he went, he got a, almost everywhere he went, he got a championship. The Magic didn't get one because they got swept by the, by the Hakeem Olajuwon and the Rockets, right? But he had won the championships in Chicago. Then he won the championships in LA. So, he had a name. It was known that he's going to be a productive player in your franchise. From the, the Bulls all the way to... I can't say the same thing about her is because, number one, she probably hasn't been on any other team. And number two, because all those players were on other teams that I named. I didn't really name someone else that had already just, been on other teams. I'm just saying she's not as known yet. That's all I'm saying. And that she's was not as known. <laughs> and I'm saying, I'm and I'm saying like she's not as known, but she's on her way to being known. I think that was the problem for her. She just really at least wanted him to know what her name was. I don't think she, I don't really think that she felt like he thought that she was just a bad basketball player. She really wasn't like that, but. Dang, you call me number 23. You don't even know what my first or last name, at least but, my last name. But there were so many examples. Because once the story broke, there were so many examples of other athletes across other sports. When they showed respect to somebody like, oh, number whatever from this team was, was amazing. Number whatever from this team was cool. Number 11 from this team, from, number whatever from this team did this tonight. I was impressed with him. Da, 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 da. It was always love shown back from that particular player, like, thanks, bro, I appreciate it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was stuff like that. It wasn't, though, I don't even want it if you can't um, put, if you if um, if you can't say my, I don't even want it if you can't say my name or whatever she said in that tweet. Well, I feel like that that was just blown out of proportion anyway, and we really don't know Andre Iguodala to even be caught up in any type of um, social. Well, to me, that's my thing. To me, that's not even to me, it shouldn't have been an issue, but she made it that. And that was the point. Because, like, I had somebody on there tell me that on on Facebook that was just like, I'm surprised you of all people have this take because um, she wants to be respected just like everybody yells and she wanted to hear her name and da-da-da-da-da. I'm just like, first of all, Nobody's a bigger, bigger advocate for women's rights and women's basketball, women's athletics than me. Second of all, I'm just going to be real. He might not know your name because you're not a star player in the league yet. You play on, you play on a team with a player that was the finals MVP this past year. She's not there, so somebody got to cover her slack or attempt to cover her slack. And you played well, right? Uh-huh. Good. Somebody said, "Oh, number twenty-three for this team did well." Okay, whatever, right? You at least just say, "Like, hey, my name is such and such. Thank you for the compliment." 
and that's it. I can agree. I can agree. <clears throat> I mean, like I said, I just it wasn't nothing for her. To me, it wasn't nothing for her to get. So, like, really disrespectful about. Yeah, I just feel like she might have. You always gotta understand. You know, she might not have took it the way that everyone else is looking at. It, you know. So. Um... Well, because then my point was, because I asked the person, I was like, "What's the point of having the jersey numbers on the back of jerseys?" And the reason you got the jersey numbers on the back of your jersey is so they can identify you, right? Right. All right. Then he identified her as number twenty-three that plays for the Mystics. True. Now, does he does now does he know her name? Yeah, because she made a big stink about it, but. I'm pretty sure if she continued to play well, she he would have figured out her name, and he'd have been like, "Hey, by the way, this girl's playing amazing. Whatever, Ariel Powers is playing amazing, right?" But she, but see, at that point, like I wouldn't even like after I put out that tweet and she responded that way, I wouldn't even bring her up no more. Period. True. Like yo, well, like at least be kind of appreciative. <laughs> and that's what the problem was. That was the issue. Is that she looked like to her, it was all about, oh, I would have to respect Andre, but Andre only has but so much respect for me. That was the issue. That's like I said, it's going back to the ego of the player. But <clears throat> before we close out, I want to how can you gauge how could you gauge his respect though? Because he didn't have to say nothing. Exactly. But as far as that being, you, you when you speak on him, when you're talking about him, you're talking about him of a certain level. Just even how you talk about Andre Iguodala towards her. You understand what I'm saying? Well, no, I'm just talking from a point of the, w, the NBA has been huge in trying to boost the popularity <laughs> of the WNBA. Right. So... Anytime, like, so anytime the NBA guys are trying to, like, help you out, you should be appreciative of it. Because think about how huge it was for them to get that new CBA done, collect the bargaining agreement done, you know? Like, that was huge. Paying them for maternity leave. Like, you know, like, huge steps was taken in the WNBA, which wouldn't have been taken if it wasn't for the help of the NBA to help promote their game. But that's the problem, though. People have downsized the WNBA, the players, their salary. For them, it's almost like they've been overlooked this whole entire time. So for them, I think sometimes, especially when you're not really necessarily a key player, like Sabrina, Maya, Candice, Brittany, Okay, I might not be that well known of a player just yet, but at least, at least show me the credit of knowing my last name at least. Because I can honestly say there's a lot of those players that I don't even know their first name. I know more first and last name players of the men's than I do women. But I right. and that's I, everybody. But that's <laughs> going back to what I said about 
you know, gaining more respect for the women's players. And you got to understand the ego of the basketball player herself. When you have a certain self-confidence within yourself as an athlete, as a player, and we're speaking on somebody that was trying to, okay, give you props, give you credit, but they can only name you as number 23. How well do you really know me? That's the point. That's the point of sports. That's <laughs> the point. If they didn't want to identify you as numbers, they just put your, your name on the back of the jersey and they'll call you that every game. Hard cause we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna just settle it at that because we we gonna end up going through this all day long. So, <laughs> before before we close this out, we didn't get a chance to talk about Ja Morant. So, about who? Ja. Okay, Ja Morant. Okay. So, for me, I'm really liking this kid. And the reason why I say this is he is so dominant on the fast break. He has bunnies out of this world. I don't know how much he's really averaging. I really want to see him in a slam dunk contest, to be honest. But um, I, I really like his game. Um, really he's do. definitely rookie of the year. Um, yeah, he's rookie of the year. It's not even close. Um, he walked in, he changed the culture of the Memphis franchise. I think he's going to end up being a really good player for 10 plus years. Um, he reminds me a lot of what John Wall was coming out of Kentucky, except mm-hmm. probably a little bit more polished because he was mm-hmm. he put he stayed in college for two years, opposed to John Wall staying in college for one. So he's a little bit more polished than John Wall. Um, coming out of Kentucky right now, he wasn't really averaging all the way to twenty points per game. Maybe like eighteen. Um, but he's only really like what six three, and he has some pretty good hops. I mean, no, it ain't pretty good. He's he's explosive. (laughs) That ain't pretty good, but that's 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 elite level hops right there. That's. That's if he was Zion's height, he'd be jumping as high as Zion. You have to yeah. Um, but I'm talking about more of like the style of play, he's very much like the John Wall, Derrick Rose type. I can give him Derrick Rose, I give him Derrick Rose before John Wall only because, well, I'm gonna go well, Derrick Rose was a better player than John Wall. He most <laughs> he definitely was. Um, they they don't really compare. Derrick Rose doesn't compare John Wall. Um, they're this type of role role role. role. They they're just not the same players. Um, yeah. I think all three have the same skill sets. They do, but Derrick. Goes John Wall there. didn't have the hops of Derrick Rose. He didn't have the but, hops, but they played the same. same handles either. Mm. He definitely had the same handles. The way that the the same the way that Derrick Rose, the way that he drove to the basket and his handles when he went to the basket, John Wall could easily get to the basket and dunk on somebody. He didn't have. 
he just didn't have the same footwork and handles that Derrick Rose has. He didn't have. I I think Wall had Wall has the handle. He has the footwork, but I think Rose had this had more speed and more Most strength. Definitely. More Most speed definitely. and more strength. Most, in general, I mean, John Wall has speed, but Derrick Rose's speed was just. That's why I I guess I can compare him a little bit more. I can compare Ja a little bit more to Derrick Rose only because he's pretty fast. He's faster than John Wall. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to look at. I'm gonna have to do some research on some times, but I'm. I'm. I don't think as much of a difference as you would think with those three. I I think that John Wall not playing for two years is kind of you. He kind of done escaped your mind a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cause before we close this out, we're gonna talk about the NBA, and we're gonna go with who do you have in the championship game? I don't know yet. We got to see how playoffs play off. Well, I'm gonna. Play <laughs> Nope, you ain't gonna bait me into that one. Nope, I'm gonna go <laughs> round by round, and then I'll decide. By the time we get to the conference finals and we figure out who's gonna be in the actual, but finals, listen, this is how we make it fun because we can look back on this podcast and go say, "Oh yeah, I remember when we were... you got to at least predict, at least predict who do you Clippers play? Bucks, Clippers Bucks." I'm going to go with, you know, you really actually took my thought away. Since you said that, I'm going to go with Trailblazers, Bucks. Oh, oh, wow. Wow. Because you said that. You you took mine. I can't say the same thing as you. I got to make it interesting. Yo, you just made it interesting because in, in about six games from now, your, your Western Conference pick is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so now we're gonna discuss. I thought you said, see, see how you do. <laughs> In about six you, games, that, yeah, that Western Conference pick is gone. Clipper. You could have said the Lakers Bucks. Why didn't you say Lakers Bucks? You could be wrong. It could be Celtics and the Lakers, like old times. Your Celtics offense. You know how I feel about. Don't talk Celtics, about. Right? Don't talk about my Celtics. <laughs> you know exactly how I feel about your Celtics. Don't talk about my Celtics, man. All right, cuz. I'm just saying. We're going to close this out, and we're going to talk about next podcast. We're going to speak about basically, you know, it's plenty of basketball to watch, so I'm pretty sure we'll have a lot of updates and a lot of more news to talk about. Yeah, for sure. And you heard it here first on Cousin Basketball. I'll see you later, cuz. All right, see you, cuz. Uh,